Hey guys, it's Stephanie. And it's Jackie. And it's time to sound off. Wait, but guys, sound off in the comments below. Below, below, below. <laughs> sound off in the comments below. The comments below. In the comments below. Welcome back to Sound Off in the Comments Below, where you guys give us comments, questions, concerns, um, things that we need to discuss, and we sound off. We sound off about them. All right, let's just get started. Dive right in, yeah. Okay, this one. First one. If Nick Vial's network wanted to bring your podcast in slash buy, but let you keep doing your same thing, would you do it? This is interesting because Nick just uh, recently announced uh, the his podcast network, Envy Media, and he's mm -hmm. producing Katie Maloney's podcast. That seems to be the only yes. one he has under his umbrella right now. Thus far, mm -hmm. yes. Why do I feel like this is Nick submitting to you, like to to like feel out if we would be interested in <laughs> Oh my God, I didn't like, even. Ooh, I like She's All Batch. Let me just submit this <laughs> silly little question. Like that was Nick. Nick, just, just ask. Just email yeah. us. She's All Batch at gmail.com. We can start conversations. Sadly, I I would do it a hundred percent, like a thousand percent in a second. Drop all my morals, everything I stand for, and join Nick's. That's company. crazy. I feel like I would. Really? Yeah, I feel like I would say it would be hard. It's really hard to have a hypothetical question here because this is obviously, I think, not really Nick. I don't know. Show yourself if it I is. Don't know. So it's hard to see, like, it's hard to think of what I would really feel. I mean, I guess there's a lot of variables. How much are you paying us? Yeah. What is, like, right. do we have full say over everything? Like, if we want to change something or do something a different way or skip a week, change our schedule. Like, I want to still have, like, 100% full control over everything. And if he literally is just yeah. the person, then what does he get from it? He gets our, like, what was his benefit? Well, I guess it just depends on how he does it. Like, if he wanted to produce and he, like, he's going to be like, okay, I'm going to produce this podcast, but you guys still own it 100%. I'm just going to take a portion of your... What does produce mean in this sense, though? Because, like, we don't need a producer. Like, I don't want someone helping us. But I think we would just have more resources to, like, have someone edit for us, cut together promos, or even take no Like, I know you cut together all of our promos, but like someone who could take notes for you and be like, okay, these timestamps, yeah. these timestamps, or even have access to like his studio. Like there's just so much money and capital that like Nick clearly has because of all of the privileges that he's had in the entertainment industry. And we're just two girls scrappily putting it together and we've gotten really far with it. But like imagine mm -hmm. if we had unlimited money to like promote all the hell out of our shit and like buy 16 editors to just like put our things out immediately. Like news happens, we talk about it and it's immediately out there. And you'd be okay to do news. <laughs> if Nick Vial bought, yeah, produced our podcast and was paying us lots of money, yes, I would. Okay, yeah, I would say yes with the asterisk of I still want 100% control over like everything though. Like I don't want him saying, like if we are like, we want to skip a week because it's Christmas, I don't want someone telling us. I think the beauty of having this podcast though is like we don't have a boss. I don't yeah. have someone that's expecting something of me and I'm not getting like hounded to do things. So when I like edit the show or make promos, I do it in my own time and it never feels like work because I'm choosing to do it. But yeah. I'm sure if I had a boss saying, I need this promo done by two o'clock, I would be like, this is work. You're telling me to do it. There's such a difference. But what if he said, I want to buy the brand, She's All Batch? No. But what if it was for $5 million? 
I don't, guys, this is so hard because then you have to, I'm making life decisions here, but like they're not real. What would you, what would you do? For $5 million, sell it. <laughs> I'm so, such a piece of shit. You honestly. really are. Um, for five, okay, for $5 million, that's a life-changing amount of money. But what, okay, what happens? Like he takes the name and then like, we're just, we just die. We're not a part of it. He, we're not a part of the buy. No, we would be employees then Ugh, of Nick Vial. No. <laughs> Under no. I will not be his. For $5 million? The the beautiful house you can Imagine buy for Charlie. You have like a one-on-one -on -one with your manager and you go in and it's Nick Vial and he sits there and lists everything <laughs> that he has a problem with because he he mans he and mansplains. He's always playing yeah, advocate yeah. and it's so fucking yeah. annoying. He's like, do I want to buy your podcast? Yeah. Am I going to? No. Oh God, it's been so long. That feel they felt great. I know, you haven't done that in a long time. God. Wow. Let Jeez. it out. Um, okay, fine. Maybe I take that back. I don't know. Like, what's your... Everyone has a price, though. You know? Like, what's your price? I don't know. I'm so weird with money. Like, I... You wouldn't want $100 million? No, of course I would. But I feel like at the end of the day, guys, money is just a number in your bank account. When you really think about it, like, if you have 20 grand in the bank, all that is, is on your phone, it says 20 no, grand. No, but money is choice. Money is freedom. Money is opportunities. Money is experiences. It's vacations. It's food. It's being able to do what you want, when you want, not having a boss being able to look and dress the way you want to. Not to like hype up money. I'm like working for big money here, I guess. Like, no, I want to make, I want to make a lot of money. And I feel like there's a misconception that podcasters or us specifically make a lot of yeah. money from this show. And like, you guys, if you're actually weighing out like how much money we make versus how much time goes into it, I feel like we're like not minimum wage, but we're not far off. Like I, I really don't think off. so. Yeah. So batch fan one, we are not actually greedy. I work another job. Yeah. My rent. Right. So like. Gosgate is still ongoing. I know. <laughs> Guys, we have outstanding balances. I just texted our lawyer before and I said, at what point do we need to follow up and say like, you know, shit or get off the pot? At least if you're not going to pay us, can you at least tell us now so then we could sue you? I feel like they've told us a million <laughs> times. We're simply not paying and we're just like not accepting that yeah. as an answer. Ugh. So, But yeah, so to circle back on the money thing though, like I do think money's like peace of mind. Money is freedom. Money is all the things. But like imagine going to your boss and he like mansplains like what you need to do. Podcasting. Yeah. yeah. Or he's like, Jackie, um, you clearly don't understand. But don't you think he would buy us because he likes us and thinks we're good? What's really weird blow us up? is like I've always liked Nick Vial. Fun fact, when Chris Souls was chosen as The Bachelor, and you guys, if you know me, Chris Souls is my favorite Bachelor. When he was originally chosen as The Bachelor, though, I was mad that it wasn't Nick. Like, I thought Nick was always so polarizing, and I always liked him. And it wasn't until recently that, like, I felt like he's kind of has douche tendencies. I would hate for him to think that I feel this way, when in reality, I'm like, oh, I actually, I fucking really like you. I... Listen to Vile Files when you first started. Yeah, I did too. Another fun fact, Vile Files, in the very, very beginning, interviewed some girl, Violet Benson. I don't even know this person, but it just stuck in my head. Violet Benson, and she is the creator of Daddy Issues on Instagram. And I listened to the episode, and she explained, like, how she started the Instagram account. She was, like, making a living now off of this Instagram account. Do you guys know that that inspired me to fucking start She's All Batch? Like, oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even well, know Well, I, I, either I just started it, or it, that kind of pushed me to do it more. And mm -hmm. I listened, and I was like, okay, I can do this. Like, 
listening to like her tricks of things she said. Like in the very beginning, I was doing things to try to grow and then I was growing and then try, like learning what was working. But like that episode of File Files definitely helped move the needle a little bit. Like, so I was very much a Nick fan. I would hate for him to think that that I don't like him, even though he called us a fan podcast that interviews washed up reality stars. What has changed in that man's brain? Because I also really liked Nick yeah. when he started. He started mansplaining more. He got a fucking ego. It got old after a while, I will say. Like, at first I thought the Ask Nick was like, I was like, wow, he actually gives like pretty solid, like very rational, logical advice to a lot of these people. And then it got repetitive and I was like, okay, we get it. And then, yeah, maybe it's his ego. He thinks he's like taking over the world, which speaking of... Can we talk about him interviewing Gypsy Rose Blazer? Yes, we can. Because that's like very not the brand of his podcast. It's like a very interesting get. But obviously, it's a huge name. Obviously, he was even saying in the beginning of the episode, he's like, we probably have a lot of new fans. Hey, welcome. Aww. My name's Nick. Blah, blah, blah. Um, did you listen to it at all? I listened to bits and pieces. Okay. The biggest question on everyone's mind is how he got it. Like, got her mm -hmm. as the guest. Yeah. He goes on Jason Tardick's podcast and Jason asks, um, but that episode isn't coming out for two weeks. I will say, guys, <laughs> mar a marketing tip unsolicited, don't release your promo until the episode's out. Because I saw on TikTok, it was a promo, mm -hmm. Jason asked Nick, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'm going to listen because, like, I actually want to hear what he yeah. has to say. But then someone in the comments is like, how can I listen? And he's like, it comes out in two weeks. I'm like, well, that's just stupid. In two weeks, right, I'm going to forget about forget. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think that is the biggest question on everyone's mind. Like, how the fuck? Like, he must be way bigger than we realize if if he's getting her. Yeah, because a lot of people assumed, like, this feels like much more of a natural fit for, like, a call her daddy Alex Cooper type thing because she's all about, like, just having conversations with interesting people. Do you think a lot of people were saying that they think Gypsy might be on Dancing with the Stars oh my God. next year? And it's the ABC then connection oh. that got him her. Where did you see that? That's interesting. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and this is sad because I'm like, all the people are saying, probably like three TikTok comments on one random TikTok set from user 6789910 said. Batch fan one. She might be on Dancing <laughs> with the Stars. Yeah. But I could see that because they all... They also flew to New York to interview Gypsy specifically. Who? Nick and Natalie. Okay, side note. Because she was doing press with everyone else, like The View and whatever else in New York. Is Natalie like the official co-host now? Because he's gone from being Vile Files, like just him. Then he had like mm -hmm. him plus those like producer girls yeah. with the marble notebook um, computer cases. Do you know what yes, I'm talking yes, about? Yes, yes. Um, yes. Now Natalie is like a, an addition, I don't know, frequently. Is she mm -hmm. a co-host? I think, like, sometimes she is. Yeah, like, she's on certain episodes and certain episodes she's not. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if she's, like, in some way now bought into this business, especially now you that she has bought, NB Media. You don't think he just gave it to her? Eh, could go either way. Um, meaning, though, that, like, I think she's partially an owner of NV Media and is, like, they're now, like, partners in building this out. I do think that's probably true. Because she's helped a lot initially when he blew up a lot with the Vanderpump stuff and Natalie watched at first and he didn't. And she was the one really, like, keeping that conversation going and telling him, I think, what people to bring. Like, I think she's really helped him build it in that way. So I wouldn't be surprised if she now has some sort of, like, ownership stake. I like her a lot. And I, I feel too. like she's... I never disliked her. I feel like she's gotten a really bad rap because she's associated with Nick. But I think she's so funny and so gorgeous. Like, the, the clip of um, promoting that they're interviewing Gypsy with the elevator 
I'll be lying mm-hmm. if I said that I didn't watch it like 10 times solely to look at her. Like she's just so fucking stunning and it pisses me off that people look like that. Because like I feel like she looks even more beautiful pregnant. Like she looks yeah, she's she is a beautiful girl. I'm, like I'm being creepy, but like she's just very beautiful and I really like her addition to the podcast. Yeah, I will say for as much as we've called Natalie a child bride, I've always liked I didn't. You have called you have called her but that. But don't take that as we did it. Like, that's fucking Reddit. We didn't start it. Yes, but we have also referred to her as that on the podcast, for sure. But that doesn't mean I don't think she's, like, a nice girl. Like, she's always been very... She seems, like, very sweet, very pretty down-to-earth. She's gorgeous. Like, just because I called her child bride, like, seven times doesn't mean I just like I would say maybe I called her at once. If I did. I I feel like I'm going to find clips of like at least six times oh, where you've gosh. been like Child But I bride. never like I feel like I I don't know everyone seemed to have like such an issue with her solely for being with Nick like what did she do otherwise right. being with Nick Nothing. and the fact that she was born in like 1995 or whenever she was born right no right. she has She's to be a girl she seems fine wait no I don't think it's 1995 I think it's like 2000 probably because I'm born in 1993 and I'm 30 right so she's what 25 yeah so 1999 or 2000 in which case maybe child bride is I don't know it's definitely accurate yeah no one said it wasn't but what if it's like you take like um remember from friends when the the quote pulling a Monica uh the mom's like oh that's just because you pulled a Monica and Phoebe's like why don't you take what that said and turn it into a positive thing so maybe child bride could mean like a really cool girl who co-hosts with her husband and happens to be 25. Yeah, child bride means you're a hot young wife. Right. Like, own it. Yeah, I, totally. Okay, let's move on. Unless, oh, do you want to, what, what was more about Gypsy? Was there anything more? Oh, just I actually thought it was a bad interview. Oh. Um, <laughs> obviously, it was like an amazing get. Like, it got me out of my hole of boycotting Nick to listen to Nick's podcast, except also Rachel Lindsay did that too. But I listened. I don't think he asked, I, I okay, this is what I'll say. I think it's obviously a very delicate balance because Gypsy is someone who has been through such unimaginable trauma Mm -hmm. that none of us can really actually relate to. It's like horrifying what she's been through. And so it's a delicate balance about wanting her to feel comfortable and seen and heard. And, you know, you don't want to pry too much into certain details so that she doesn't want to do the podcast. You know what I mean? You want this to be an enjoyable experience for her. However, I don't think he asked some of like the real tough questions that we all wanted to hear. It was a lot of like him and Natalie like being like, yeah, girl, like so true. Yeah, girl. Wait, did you yeah. see the like, TikTok? Trying to be so relatable with Gypsy. Yeah. It's like, oh, yes, girl. Yeah, the D is fire. The D is fire. And it's like, great. Love that Gypsy is having great D with her now husband. But like I, that's not what I want. I don't need relatable Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Like we are specifically tuning into this podcast because this girl's story is so unimaginably unrelatable and traumatic and crazy and we're like yes queen work it right like i don't need to hear like gypsy rose what's your favorite movie yes girl like but i understand maybe that's what they felt they needed to do so that she was like comfortable and enjoying everyone's doing that there's actually a tiktok of some comedian and it the captions like you know how every single interviewer is handling gypsy rose we have with us the queen herself miss gypsy 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 rose blanchard fresh out of prison how are you bitch and she's like, yes, queen, what's your Taylor Swift era? Like, oh, yes, yes. girl, slay. Like, I don't actually care what Gypsy Rose's Taylor Swift era is. Like, I want to know a lot more. I will say, right. we don't know if Nick was given a list of things he can't ask. I mean, this seems Fair. like a right, very exactly. high profile 
interview. So perhaps, mm-hmm. I mean, we've gotten that and we're significantly yeah. on a lower scale, but like we're sometimes yeah. told, you know, don't ask about this. No, for sure. And they definitely touched on some of it, but like I left the interview having more follow-up questions than I felt things were answered. A lot of the things they touched upon were things that have been touched upon in other interviews. So yeah, maybe there were certain things he couldn't ask. Mainly, I want to know the whole situation. So Gypsy Rose like left jail, married to her now husband. They're not just engaged? No, they're full on married. They got married while she was in jail. And now they're like newly together weds, they're calling it. Um, Having sex. Yes. But, like, what the fuck? You married someone you, like, didn't know and you just met them in jail? Like, that's weird, right? No? And they're treating it like it was so normal. Like, oh, yeah, Gypsy, yeah. This guy just, like, randomly wrote to you in jail and then you got married to him. Like, slay, the D is fire. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's take a step back. What happened here? A man wrote to Gypsy Rose Blanchard in while she was in jail and then started like driving two hours to visit her and then she married well, him? Well, she you're saying it just like that. It's not like she just married him on the spot. He obviously came and then they established a relationship and then fell in love and then got married. Yeah, but a, a relationship where they would talk like what, through the walls of jail when you go to visit someone? You know how there's like the plastic wall yeah, in front of but you? but think about it. That's the only freaking access she has to the outside world is that. I don't, I don't actually think it's yeah, that I weird. Yeah, I think it's more so like this man, that's the person you're choosing to pursue out of all the people in the world, a girl who's in jail? That you've never met. That you're, that you're, you're going solely to meet. I don't, yeah, I don't so know. So a lot of that is kind of, and I, I'm, I'm happy she's happy and they actually seem in a healthy, good relationship. He seems really supportive of her. And so after what she's been through, like, that's great. I don't want to be like bashing it, but at the same time, there's, I have a lot of questions on how this came to be and Nick did not ask any of them what's funny is like everyone I mean he's getting a lot of credit and great like that is really a cool get for Nick but people are like you know her first long form long form they keep saying she has a whole fucking documentary out right now what do you mean like we any question we can ask Gypsy is answered in the documentary so for sure and it's like multiple episodes it's it's longer than the podcast so mm-hmm. why is everyone saying, like, this is the only place she's spoken? Like, maybe it's the first podcast, but, like, she's done yeah. so many talk shows, so many interviews. I don't know. Right. And I didn't learn anything new about Gypsy in Nick's podcast. Well, that's happened a so lot. So that's why I think he didn't do a great job. Well, remember yeah. he got, like, all the Scandaval people right when that was happening, and everyone's like, mm-hmm. well, that's the only place Tom Sandoval is in being interviewed right now, so I have to go. But then there would be people saying, like, oh, like, I kind of wish they talked more about whatever. Yeah. And, I, and I do think that's part of the podcast game, right? Like, half of it is the content, but half of it sometimes is just the guest. And even if you know that you can't ask the questions that the people want to know, clearly the name Gypsy Rose Blanchard in the title got people to tune in, regardless of what they talk about. They could have sat in silence for 40 minutes, and it would probably still get millions of views. So, like... Do you remember when Taylor Swift accidentally released Static on iTunes and it went to number one? Do you not know this? As a very big Taylor Swift fan who went to the Eras Tour twice, I feel like I would know this. Is this like something that I dreamed about and it didn't actually happen? Sound off in the comments below if you remember (laughs) I've never heard this before in my life. Oh God, no, it's real. The singer topped the Canadian iTunes charts this week when a glitch accidentally released eight seconds of Static as track three on her album, 1989. Fans mistakenly thought that the new snippet was a preview of an upcoming song off the album, which hit stores on October something. It cuts off. 
Taylor Swift re releases eight seconds of white noise, instantly tops the charts is the headline. That's fucking awesome. But yeah, how did I know something Taylor Swift that you didn't know? I know. I'm so like ashamed that I didn't know this. But also, if I know one thing about Taylor Swift, she doesn't do anything by accident. Like that was a clue for something. Static? Yeah. She has static in some of her songs. What? In, in the Christmas tree farm song, she has a lyric about static. Um... I don't know. She releases things all the time. Like, remember she had the glitch on the 1989 Wildest Dreams TikTok, and then she released the song Glitch on Midnight. What? Oh, Every no, gosh. Everything means something. Who plans out her, so, like, life? That she does. She, her whole life is legitimately, she says, planned out three years in advance. So she releases things now, or, like, drops little hints now about, like, a music video that's coming out three years from that's now. That's in a little bit insane. Yeah, why do you think we're all in this fucking chokehold <laughs> about Taylor Swift stuff? Yeah, because people will be like, there are, you know, four crumbs in the background of her yes. Instagram video. So that means on the fourth of the fourth month at four o'clock, right. there's going to be, and it's like, what? Where are you getting this from? But then, like, you're saying that it ends up sometimes being true. Being true. All the time it ends up being true. There's little hints to everything. So you really just have to be thinking that way. It's really exhausting as a Taylor Swift fan. Yeah. It's hard work. All right, next submission. Can you talk about Lizzie McGuire and how she never got a reboot? I'm still mad about that. Something happened. I'm going to Google. I think the issue was it was supposed to be Disney Channel, but the reboot obviously was going to be handling more adult themes because Lizzie McGuire is an adult now and Disney didn't want to touch it because it was going to be more like, like, Lizzie's our age, and she's dating, and she's, like, living her life. But here's my tea, guys, and this is going to be unpopular. I don't think everything needs a reboot. Everything does, though, nowadays. Like, I agree, but everything does. Because no one is coming up with new shit. Right. The top MTV show is Jersey Shore Family Vacation, which is just redoing the original... I just, we couldn't come up with anything new. Well, but my question for you is, it's like, is it that people can't come up with new shit, or people don't want to watch new shit? And people just want to revisit like that nostalgia and want to lean into something that they already know they like versus like trying a new show. I think it's more that. So it seems like there was some issue with like Lizzie's 30 now and yeah. the Disney Channel thing and like how far do we want to go with being 30. It says in a recent interview with Women's Health, Duff insisted that the revival of the classic Disney Channel show featured a more mature Lizzie without being too mature. She said, she had to be 30 years old doing 30-year-old things. She didn't need to be doing bong rips and having one-night stands all the time, but it had to be authentic, and I think they got spooked. They being Disney. Yeah. Also, too, like, that is a weird place for a reboot like that, because, like, a reboot like that is clearly not for children. That is yeah. for people our age. But to put a show for 30-year-olds on Disney Channel doesn't seem right, because it's going from, like, whatever. I don't even know what the popular Disney Channel shows are today but it's going for like from like something that's literally made for 12 year olds to something that's made for 30 year olds that's not the right space for a show like that unless maybe they put it on disney plus right like why can't but, it be lizzie mcguire like the character of lizzie mcguire but she's like she is older and it's not for disney like it's for right, adults put it on hulu because it's something. not like, going to be yeah. the whole point of doing the reboot is because the people that watched Lizzie back in whenever it came out will be mm -hmm. the same ones watching it. It's not for yeah. the seven-year-olds. It's for the 30-year-olds. Right. seven-year-olds don't want to see 30-year-old Lizzie right. McGuire. So, like, exactly. wh that's what doesn't make sense to me. Like, if you're going to do a reboot and you're catering towards a 30-year-old audience, why are you putting it on Disney Channel then? 
Like, do we want to see Lizzie, like, go supermarket shopping? Like, why? I don't want to see that. Right. But it's confusing to me is why they wouldn't think that there's another place for it. Like, ABC or Hulu or any of the other channels that Disney owns. Like, an ABC family moment. Even though, what is it now? Freeform? Does Freeform even still exist? I don't know. Hillary Duff wants to do the reboot. She's down to, like, do it somewhere else. She said, it would be a dream if Disney would let us move the show to Hulu if they were interested. Yeah. And I could bring this beloved character to life again. I'd be doing a disservice to everyone by limiting the realities of a 30-year-old's journey to live under the ceiling of a PG rating. Okay. That's why it's not happening. Yeah. And the fact that Disney owns the rights. So Disney mm-hmm. would have to release them and miss out on the potential money. But Disney owns Hulu. That's what I don't get. Oh. Then I don't and know. And ABC. Could it be more, though, that they don't want to, like, tamper the brand? Because, like, yes, this new show would be for 30-year-olds, but Lizzie McGuire is a show that teenagers probably still watch on Disney+. Plus. And then if they, like, make a, another version of Lizzie McGuire that's more adult, it kind of tampers the brand of Lizzie McGuire for the younger audience in that that's still watching that show? Yes. It's very short-sighted. I don't agree with that choice, obviously. But, like, maybe that's what they're thinking. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know like some bad reboots in the past would do like Lizzie is now a mom and she has a daughter, Elizabeth, and the the show Elizabeth <laughs> and the show centers around like her 10-year-old daughter and it's catered towards kids again but gives the adults the nostalgia of Lizzie McGuire. I don't I yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. that's a good idea, but like I think that's no. a better route than making 30-year-old Lizzie knitting on the weekends. See, but I want to see 30-year-old Lizzie not knitting on the weekends. (laughs) Like, drinking and having one-night stands. And then her little cartoon Lizzie shows up and does all the same. Remember cartoon No, yeah, no, I do. But I feel like her having one-night stands would be kind of like Sex in the City, and that's what Disney is, like, clutching their pearls over. No, I understand their thought process. I think it's a little short-sighted, but... In conclusion, we are equally as mad as you. Yeah. Except, though, like I said, I don't think everything needs a reboot. Yeah, I'm not mad, actually. I I don't... I, like, need new things to watch, honestly, guys. Can't just keep watching the same shit all the time. But I'm I'm down for a good nostalgia. I... Were you a Lizzie McGuire fan, like, when it was peak? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't. I was. Um, I love the impressions of her on TikTok, though. Like, Gordo... I don't know. <laughs> I like, hey, it's Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Hi, it's Hillary Duff. I'm going to put my thumbs in my belt loops. You know that that stupid movie? It's, I think it's called Raise Your Voice. The one where The way that I thought, and I was like a singer growing up, slash, like, still am. And the way that I was like, wow, that was <laughs> so good. Like, oh my God. Can we put it in? It's so funny. Insert yeah. Lizzie McGuire yeah, singing. Yeah, <laughs> Who don't remember? random movie that's not even from lizzie mcguire that's like some bad movie that was maybe only on disney channel her brother dies in a car accident in the beginning of the movie then she like goes to this music school and she's like ugh. Ever since the car accident, I like can't sing. And then she sings the la 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 la. And then at the end of the movie, she learns to sing again for her brother who's dead. Oh, 
Wow. Isn't that crazy? And the Aiden Shaw from Sex and the City is the teacher. Ooh, I love it's very Aiden. Funny. Hot take. I liked Aiden better with Carrie versus Mr. Me Bay. too. Me too. I thought I agree. Aiden shirtless making like a bench, like sawing things. I was like, fuck yeah. yeah. I'm so much more into that versus big in a limo driving up to her in a suit. Why are you always in a suit? Well, also Mr. Big's so toxic. Like that's not what we should be teaching people to go for. And then I feel like I have people who are like, no, but Aiden gives me the ick. Why? Aiden's like nice and available and treats her well. Carrie Bradshaw did not deserve Aiden. No, no, totally. Carrie and Big deserve each other and they (laughs) deserve like the bad ending that they got. Wait, why are you saying Big is toxic? I I don't, don't, don't hate me. No, don't hate me. It's not like I have every episode memorized. I want to know an example. Truly. Oh, he, they're like literally the most toxic. What? Relationship. Because he's not, uh, well, he leaves her at the altar. Well, besides that, I'm talking about the series. Um, So he, so the whole time he was very much like, I don't want to be in a serious relationship. And Carrie like wouldn't listen, but then would like get mad when he wouldn't be taking her seriously. Then he marries Natasha, but then is having an affair with Carrie, but then like stays married to Natasha. Like the whole thing is just this push and pull of like, available, unavailable, available, unavailable. And Carrie like keeps going back to it because she's just like addicted to the drama. And he has proven time and time and again for six years that he absolutely cannot be available for her. And she just closes her eyes. She's like, oops, can't see. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep doing it. Did you never watch the whole series? No, I no, I did. There's definitely stuff I've missed though. Like I've, I've watched lots of episodes but there's I don't know I will say everything. it hits different as an adult than like watching it when we were younger growing up and I feel like watching it back you one realize how toxic the Carrie big thing is when we were taught to like romanticize that and then also Carrie is a horrible horrible friend like she is the villain of that show and the worst character watch it watch it again yeah. now like as a self-actualized woman mm-hmm. and you will realize that Carrie sucks terrible friend so self-centered doesn't give a shit about anyone else and like what happened with her like sarah jessica parker and kim cattrall i just saw a tiktok and it was kim uh sarah jessica parker winning like Mm -hmm. an emmy or something and in her speech she's like and i get the blessing of working with these beautiful women and it pans to the three of them and Mm -hmm. and kim cattrall is like looking at her like shaking her head like so supportive and i was like but wait, you said that you guys like hated each other the whole time. What fucking happened? That's a sound well, so, off. Co- that's a sound off topic. So for what we know is so like at, they did not in like in the way that the Friends actors all band together and they're like, this is an ensemble show. It's six of us or none of us, and they we're always going to negotiate together. Mm-hmm. Sex and the City characters did not do that, and so then Sarah Jessica Parker was being paid a lot more than the other three women. And then at some point, Sarah Jessica Parker was given an executive producer credit. So she was making a shit ton more money. And I think that didn't sit well specifically with Kim Cattrall because Kim Cattrall made the fucking show. Like she was the actual star of the show. And and still to this day, I think she's the best one. She's the one who's aged the best out of like the way the characters are and like the issues that they deal with in the 90s. When you look at like the attitudes of the women, I think Kim Cattrall's the most like, or Samantha rather, is the character that stands up most to modern day as like a independent woman who like has her own job, makes her own money, doesn't like care about stereotypical like gender roles and just like owns her sexuality versus like some of the other stuff that they talk about has not aged well. 
Um, so Kim Cattrall, I feel like, really made the show. And she was like, what the actual fuck? Why is Sarah Jessica Parker getting paid all this money and I'm not? I think that's the root of the issue. But the other two didn't care as much because they weren't as standout, like, star characters. Okay, a few things. I don't think it's any of their fault if the stuff doesn't age well. No, I'm not saying it okay. is. But, like, Samantha's character was just the best character of the show. So, I, but I thought you were going to say that... Kim Cattrall was mad because but when they started, Kim Cattrall was the famous one. Is that, that's true, right? Like she was the name out of all the women? I don't women. think so, though. Sarah Jessica Parker was also pretty famous, Bef- too. For what? What did she do before Sex and She City? was like on Broadway for a while. But I she feel did like Annie. mainstream, though. She was. Like, I feel like Kim Cattrall acted in more well-known like movies and shit before. And I think that was that why like, she felt, because I think while there was four people it's different than Friends. I feel like Sarah Jessica Parker was the, the main character, and the three were three supporting characters. Like, I don't see it... Like, obviously, you look at a Sex and the City movie poster, and it's the four women, of mm-hmm. course. But, like, for season one and two and, you know, other, like, early seasons, the cover is Carrie walking down the street. It's not the other girls. So I feel like it's not... I, I mean... I'm not weighing in on like how they should have felt, but I I do see Sarah Jessica Parker as the star versus four stars. That's fine. I, I feel like it kind of varies depending on like what episode you're watching. But even if that literally is the case, I could see why Kim Cattrall was like annoyed by that or maybe thought it was supposed to be different, yeah. that it's more the four of them. Yeah, didn't like Kim Cattrall like semi-recently though had like a death in the family and then Sarah Jessica Parker commented this is how like we all found mm-hmm. out about it this was like a year a couple years no, ago no we've known about this oh. for a long I feel long like that's time. how I found out about it and that okay. well because then it made news like Sarah yeah. wrote on her Instagram and was like my deepest condolences and whatever and then Kim Cattrall fired back and was like fuck you <laughs> like I literally hate yes. you and then that made headlines and that's when I found out about it but this is oh. deep rooted this like people knew about this oh yeah this is this was like known about the whole time the show was on so you know I'm always team Kim Cattrall though no I love and her. I think like Kim Cattrall just says things like you know Sarah Jessica Parker was like a little clicky with the other girls on the show mm. and yeah it just like wasn't a great environment Damn, they should take a page out of Friends' book. We have another question. Did you ladies watch Saltburn? My jaw was on the floor literally the entire movie. I don't know what the fuck I just watched. That's the question? Thank you so much for submitting. <laughs> yes. That's, there's no well, question this... mark at the end of that. Oh, did you ladies watch no, Saltburn? No, there was a, did you watch Saltburn? That was the question. Okay. Um, here's the thing. This movie, everyone's talking about it. And I feel like people fall into two camps of like either that was sick and disgusting. What the fuck did I just watch? This was twisted. Or people are like, this movie was amazing. Let me immediately watch it again from the beginning. I watched it. I begged Stephanie to watch it. Stephanie had a different approach. And I want to know how you felt about this movie. Okay. So I put it on because Jackie told me to. Mm -hmm. Right off the bat, guys, the font of the um, credits really turned me off and really made me feel like this was... It was red and it was... um, like creepy writing. So off the bat, I'm like, sure. this is not going to cater to me. I do not like that that font. So I got the vibe that this was not, this was a, a, a boy movie. We talked about this. No, no, no. It, I would actually argue it is totally not a boy okay. movie. Well, I didn't give it enough of a chance. <laughs> so you only looked at the font and then we're like, nope. I watched <laughs> it for like a few minutes and I'm like, I don't know, dog. It's not for me. But I'm not, oh, I'm not opposed to trying it again I would love to hear what happens yeah I don't want to spoil it for you because there's a twist okay can you tell me something that happens and tell okay. me but also guys if you want to watch it um this is our last 
uh, sound off submission we're doing. So if you don't want to know, just forewarning you. Yeah, if you don't want to know. Well, I know I'm not going to give away any spoilers. I guess what I'll say the concept is um, there's you got to the point where they're like at school. There's this guy, Oliver. He's at like a very prestigious prep school with people like Jacob Elordi, who is from Euphoria. Oliver's from like a more middle class, not prestigious background. Jacob Elordi's from a very wealthy, privileged background. And they become friends. Jacob Elordi invites him, hey, like, why don't you come stay at my family's estate for the summer that's called Saltburn. Um, Oliver goes. And from there, things get really weird. And you're like, wait, what is happening here? Like a ghost? I'm not going to say No, anymore. I, I want to know. From- no, no, no. Tell me, is it a ghost? No, is it creepy? No, it's just like eerie, twisted, and weird. It's not creepy. Is it, it's not a scary movie. Um, no, it's not scary. Is it um, like disturbing? Yes. But not in a gross... Well, in, some may consider it in a gross way. It's one of those things where like in the beginning you start to think like, oh, is this just like a call me by your name thing where like Oliver is like obsessed with and in love with Jacob Elordi's character and it's like they have a little rendezvous, like cool, but it very quickly is like, oh wait, no, this is not that. And you don't find out really what's going on to the last like 10 minutes of the movie. And you're like, Phew. all right, I got to give it another shot. Maybe in the next um, sound off, I will have an update and I'll tell you guys that I watched it. And I will say, be patient with it. It's also very beautifully shot. Like it's at this beautiful estate and like, but it, it's a very like early 2000s soundtrack. So it's like, it has that kind of vibe against like the opulence of like old money. But then they're like, playing like MGMT and like early 2000s bops. Okay. How quick does it um pick up? Like because I always have problems. But you only watched the font <laughs> and then turn it off. Like I you didn't like did you hear one snippet of dialogue? I think did I think I did. I think it was honestly I am going to say it was under 10 minutes. The font really threw me off. If you guys go back and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's like ugly sure. font. No, I I could see. But you only watch things with a nice font, only with like what what what's your favorite font? Like Arial, <laughs> no. bold, twelve point. No, font? I don't have a font preference. I'm just saying that it was so ugly that I was like, this probably isn't going to cater to me. That was just my first thought. Um, I'm being honest. Do you like sexy scenes? There's some of those, but they they also get twisted, like kink. So there's some of that kinky. Sure, I call it that. <laughs> you're not you're it's not like, giving enough though to really lock me cool, in because I don't want to spoil it. It's not spoiling um, if you tell me like a little bit more. Okay. Well, so Oliver just turns out to be like this. You don't know exactly what's going on, but there are definitely like a lot of moments where you're like, wait, this man is like sick and twisted and he's trying to fuck everyone, but in like a weird way. And that, okay, I'll give you one thing that like a lot of people are talking about. Um, there, So he has this weird obsession with Jacob Elordi's character and Jacob Elordi's in the bathtub jacking off in the back just like minding his own business having a moment Oliver is like watching it in the corner and is like ooh, this is hot I want to watch this then Jacob Elordi finishes his bath leaves goes back into his bedroom and the bath water is draining with the cum in it and he goes and like sucks up all the bath water because he's like so obsessed wait wait, I'm not even kidding you and wants to I'm like literally just got nauseous (laughs) no I know it's a sick disgusting. why is everyone watching this that's like Cause there's a cause there's a good twist at the end, and you find out oh, what you find out Oliver's motivations he, were. He actually. I, I don't want to like give it up. He drinks cum for nutrients, and that's the big twist at the no, end. No, uh, no, he's just like he has this like sick obsession with cum. Everyone in the house. No. Okay. 
Okay, and I'll be honest. And the whole time you're trying to figure it out. I want to I want to watch. I love when you have to figure it out. I hate movies. Yes, okay, and that's why I don't want to say anymore okay, because okay. like I don't want to spoil it for you. I hate what happens. I hate movies that you think you have to figure it out. Like, okay, if you're a Patreon subscriber, I talked about Best Christmas Ever um on the Patreon during like a Christmas episode we did last year. And the whole time during Best Christmas Ever, I was watching thinking um Oh, like, there's going to be a reason for all this. What is the reason? Yeah. And then the end is like, nope, there's no reason. Bye. So I... No, see, this will be very satisfying okay. for you oh. then. Oh, I love that. There's something to figure out, and there's a big twist. Um, okay. And so that's why if you feel like there's a lot of slow scenes and it's not leading somewhere, because I could see how in certain times of the movie you would feel that way, just just suck it up. It's two hours of your life. Okay. Like, eat a snack during Should it. Should I take like, a gummy? <laughs> you may... I don't know. If I took a gummy watching that film, I would lose my goddamn mind. But that's just me. Ooh. But I feel like other people would have a great time taking a gummy and watching um, this movie. How about this? I will watch it. And by the next sound off, I will okay. I will report back. So okay. Listeners. So join me. Bully Stephanie and tell her to go watch it. You don't have to. I'm already doing it. Um, but okay. my benefit is that I have like two weeks. Take all the time you need. I just, I want to hear what you think about it. No, okay, so next episode we will. Okay. okay, guys, those are all the submissions we have for this week. But We so want to hear how you guys are liking this. Please also feel free to submit these. I yes. put up a question box. I know Jackie's going to do it on her Instagram as mm -hmm. well. Feel free to sound off and let us know what you want to talk about, what you want us to talk about. And we'll see you, we'll see you next time. Next time. Right? Is that it? I think that's it. Goodbye, bitches. Uh-uh.